I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Hey, brain breaker, mind bender, head tripper, loopers, you're here. This is the theme park for the intellectually escapists, sapiosexuals, and the shamelessly fringe curious. It's open loops, conversations that bend with Greg Bornstein. This kicks off our Halloween week of programming, and it just remains as kooky and magical and as spiritual as possible. We have Emily Davis starting us out. She is a metaphysical coach, psychic, and she shares a lot. She put a lot of the pieces together for me. I was wondering, how does all this psychic stuff work? Why do some people experience certain phenomena and some people don't? And can you train all of it? And and all this stuff that was lingering in my mind. Now, she hosts a show called Perceptionists Anonymous, which we're going to go into on the show. But I think that lends itself to her being such an incredible interview. I mean, she she really gives a great, great, uh, well-communicated perspective on all these matters. And... There was just a lot here that I I learned about um, magic and psychic development and things. Um, Also, my my spirit guides, she sees them. She saw them. They were standing over my shoulder. That's right. It it still stays just as weird. So, you know, buckle up. But you're also going to really learn about that perspective in a way that's grounded in what feels like to be, uh, strangely enough, sense. If you enjoy Open Loops, please do subscribe, rate, and leave a review in Apple Podcasts.
you're really going to like this episode. Emily Davis, she even tells you about the energy of money. Yeah, I know, money's something hard to come by these days, but she reframes it in such a way that it really... I I just really liked it. I really liked this episode. If you're ready to do what she does, which is teach you how to master your magic, well, you might get something out of this. Here she is, Emily Davis. <laughs> Emily Davis is here. That's right. She is a best-selling author, podcast host, psychic, intuitive, sharer of magic, and uh, just, I don't know, all around, you, you've got a course. I mean, Emily, first of all, thank you for being here on Open Loops. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. This show is so much fun, and I'm super excited to get to contribute and and be a part of it. So thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what? Here's okay. So so as somebody that is, uh, in a way, cultivating a, uh, I've never thought about calling my show this, but I but I kind of think it's kind of a good idea. Like a, mm, a goofy metaphysical theme park of sorts. Like, but I'm taking that because I saw your podcast, which I was like, oh, yeah, you're kind of doing the same thing. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to create a theme park for the ears, mind, imagination, and soul. And you are doing a metaphysical comedy podcast called Perceptionist Anonymous. Please, for the love of all that is holy in the world, what is metaphysical comedy? What is oh this niche genre? Please explain what's going on. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love the picture of the theme park because I like, just like made my heart sing. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds amazing. I love that you're thinking of it that way. Yeah, so um, metaphysical comedy, basically what it came down to is me and one of my longest, um, oldest witchy friends decided a while ago that we wanted to start a podcast but both of us have experience with doing things like stand-up comedy and and just just being overall ridiculous yeah uh, we also have spent so much time in the metaphysical fields right so my expertise is more in like the psychic stuff the channeling things different past lives different um you know types of perception that whole thing and then she's more on the ritual side and also on the quantum mechanics side so we're both in very different spectrums but it's been a lot of time in the metaphysical field you know over 20 years of our life and um so we kind of got together and we were thinking about it and we're like well all of these metaphysical concepts can be so huge especially if you're just starting out or even if you're just trying to get into a bunch of different concepts because once you dive into one metaphysical concept it just is like a rabbit hole to all the other ones yeah and they can be really hard to digest so we thought if we can make this funny and really fun and really simple to digest by like poking fun at it we always tell a dad joke at the beginning of the show like right right just make it really fun and um, talk to really interesting people from different metaphysical fields um different spiritual fields and really help people kind of experience Experience these different concepts but in a way that like makes them laugh out loud but they still feel like they're learning something then we've achieved it so we've done episodes on everything from like angels to the history of tarot to the chinese zodiac to um the flower of life like everything in between we take a, a topic and then we've interviewed a tons of people too and it's always just really funny and it kind of comes off the cuff and is great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think in general that uh, these, uh, I, I think one of the things that I, I've sort of noticed with people that are 
often, I, I, I suppose you could say, tapped in uh, to something. Uh, often there is a natural, I mean, I think uh, David R. Hawkins talks about it in his books uh, about humor as being like, a, as you go, kind of like go up the enlightenment scale, there's like, it's, there's humor. You still like, like Dalai Lama's, you know, got some one-liners. Like, like, uh, you know, these guys got the, they, they have some jokes. They definitely do. I mean, it's a, um, and what I think is interesting is that it's humor that comes from a different place, but still is like, taking the cynicism of reality and looking at it from a basically i guess in summary i would say having awareness of a higher perspective can lead to lots of laughs yeah absolutely and i love that you call that out because if you've noticed and especially in this kind of like new age community there's so much more often of everything is a serious deep concept and you're trying to create all this deepness and that's great and that's wonderful but it's either that or it's like memeable where everything is very shallow so it's right, right now like the culture is kind of balancing kind of in in between those points and so we're like let's be in the middle and do education that is also funny <laughs> yes well this is what and this is where you know i'm gonna start sort of like kind of delving in and i'm kind of curious about this like how do you then reconcile being having done comedy before and doing stand up and like such a cynical, such a jaded mindset and like actually being in the metaphysical realm and your friend is this way too? Like, I do not see those worlds often going together at all. Right. Well, the funny thing is, is there's so many, like the more I've channeled, I don't know, thousands and thousands of spirit guides and they're funny. <laughs> like, yes. These metaphysical comedy, like, you know, not comedy, but um, concepts, you know, in my channeling or in my psychic world or whatever. And like more often than not, spirit is hilarious because it is cynical to think of like, hey, we're these little people on this little rock in this space. There's so much more than us. It's so much bigger than us. We're just trying to figure it out. And the way that little kids kids are funny where they're they're asking crazy questions and you're just dying laughing at their perception we're kind of that in this world right that we're trying to, to understand and so that's kind of how it goes together is like we poke fun at it in a really human way even yeah. though we know this is so much grander than ourselves and ask those weird questions and those funny questions that you think of but being a metaphysical child you know with air quotes you're right right really willing to ask or is like safe to ask in like this online spheres or you know reddit or wherever you're getting your information yeah yeah okay you know what let me let let's let let's like rabbit hole here a little bit what okay. is what's the wildest thing that you can claim that you have experienced with your eyes that other people would say that is not of this world and supernatural with my like physical eyes yes yes okay. yes let's go waking reality for a second Okay, waking reality-wise, um, when I was first having what I call my spiritual reawakening, um, basically, I had a lot of these psychic gifts from the time I was very, very young. And so for me, my imaginary friends, I could see with my physical eyes, right? They were, mm. they were oh, there that's in my weird. space. And okay. they were telling me information about the adults in my life that I thought was totally normal. I didn't know any different. So I thought that's what everyone experienced right when I was a little kid mm -hmm. so I would go up to my mom and like tell her information about her childhood and things like this and she'd be like um what like 
That's what, how would you know that? You know, you're poor. Wow. Um, and so I would do those sort of things. And I don't actually consider that like the craziest because so often we like bypass like what little kids are saying. And I think a lot of kids do have that experience or something very akin to that. Um, but then around seven, eight years old, I asked my mom and I started being like, hey, you know, people are kind of growing out of their imaginary friends, but like mine are still here like all the time. And so wow. look like people like what's going on and tried to talk to her. And she didn't really understand because like I was seven and I'm sure I explained it like horribly. And also it's kind of weird. Right. And, and it was at the time when this wasn't super accepted or super normal. So she just kind of was like, yeah, okay, go play outside. So then I started thinking, well, wait a second. My mom is God. She knows everything. How come she doesn't know what's going on with me? And so then I started shutting it down. And I did that basically all the way through my, you know, from the time I was seven, eight, I started shutting it down all the way through my early twenties. Um, and it caused a bunch of horrible problems and all these horrible things to happen because you can't actually shut that thing off. It shuts down your intuition It starts blocking out your sense of discernment, like all these different things. Um, and it doesn't fully shut off. It just gets scary because now you're not choosing to understand you're choosing to view it as a film of scary. Yeah. And so I had a lot of experiences, especially in high school and stuff when I was in that space that were terrifying that I look back on it and it was just like, that was literally just my spirit guide trying to get a hold of me. And I was just so scared. I wasn't listening. You know, I wasn't seeing, I was just blocking it all down, you know, from getting shook and awake in the middle of the night when I was having a nightmare, but like physically shaken, you know, like I could feel yeah. it. Um, yeah. To me, I was like, oh my gosh, it's part of the nightmare. It's like, no, that was a caring act. That was an act of caring. <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> yes. Um, but so after my spiritual reawakening, you know, after I left an abusive marriage at the early, in my early twenties, when like there was no magic, I was trying to come back to my gifts. Um, I really wanted to connect with my spirit guides. And I was like, Hey, like, please come forward to me. I know I'm blocked. I know I've got a ton of gunk jamming me up that are blocking my gifts, but I like, I know you're here. I feel you. I just can't talk to you. And I know I used to be able to, so can you come forward? And yeah. I, when I, said, I said that out loud one day and I was sitting there and I look over, I said it out loud and my lamp turned on. Oh, wow. And I was like, cool. See, I knew you were here. Like, I could feel you. And the lamp turned off. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, we'll talk more later. So then that later, I think it was like the next week, I was like laying in bed and I was watching something on like my DVD player. And all of a sudden the DVD player started to cut out. And I was like, oh, my guide is here. The one that was talking to me, her name is Hope. Um, And I was like, oh, my guide is here. And I was like, Hope, are you here? And she turned the player off. And I was like, sweet. So I started having, like, kind of talking to her, and she was using basically the player as a signal, like the blink once for yes, blink twice for no kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And, and that was actively happening. We did that for probably about an hour, and I asked her all sorts of questions, and got all sorts of information. Um, and then that, when I was done, I was like, okay, can I finish watching my movie now? And she just turned it back on, and that was the end of that. So, like, as far as a concrete experience, that was the first one I had had since childhood where I was like, Okay, yeah, this is all real. I'm not crazy. Like this is all actually happening and I can take up for it. Wow. What do you like do you immediately tell people close in your life about these sort of things? Like what does what's the healthy way to respond to something like that when you really I mean, do you feel a desire to share it with anyone? Like what's your immediate sort of gauge on socially bringing up these kind of incidents? So, that is a fantastic question because I feel like that is something people ask often because especially if you're not really you don't have a sphere of people around you that feel very receptive to this it can feel dangerous to almost share these things right from old trauma or whatever um that comes up so for me personally for a long time i would only share it with a couple of close friends that also had relatively similar experiences or skill sets or at least understanding that i did um especially during my kind of reawakening process and as i was diving in and, and cleaning out all the trauma and healing all the stuff that was blocking my gifts 
there was a lot of crazy experiences that happened. I mean, there's still a lot of crazy experiences that happened, but during that time, I pretty much only shared it with them because I was in HR management at the time. So oh, okay. You can't, you can't exactly have, you know, come out and be like, hey, you know, I know that I'm like the governing body of the business right now, but also spirit guides. Yes, um, yes, <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Right, it doesn't work that well. And also I come from a, a very Catholic family and my and they love me and support me. And I, I will tell my parents about this kind of stuff now um, with discretion, but like depending upon what the experience is. Um, but there was also that limiting, you know, kind of belief and thought process that was there for a while. However, now that this is literally my life and I've come out of the spiritual broom closet per se, right? Um, I share it all the time. And there's people who don't want to hear it or they don't understand or they bypass immediately when I bring it up, which I always let them. Like, you don't have to ask me further questions on the fact that your spirit guide just told me this thing about you, um, you know, or that I can see immediately you have a past life wound. That's why you're complaining about this thing because you've repeated this pattern since the time you were four, you know? <laughs> wow. Wait a minute. You see that level of insight when you look at people? All the time. Yeah. You get that flash? Yeah, it's literally like, um, I, I, now I can block it off better, but um, when I was younger, it would be like, I walk into a room, and instead of just hearing the five people in the room talking, I hear their past lives, their spirit guides, their higher selves, all in different spheres of basically my brain and my energy communication. Wait a minute, Emily, you really have to break this down for me, because something <laughs> that, you know, has been fascinating in my journey of bringing different people on that um, at least are uh, different levels of engaged with thinking like this and, and at least claim that they're open to this kind of thing is that it manifests in very different ways. Like some people get like, you know, uh, I, I had a woman on the other day and she was telling me that it would just be like, it would be like, she'd be in a public place. She'd pick up on energy. Maybe like a word would come through. And then all of a sudden, like, I mean, she did it with me on the show. I had her start talking about my life and then like stuff would just, as she was talking, like more things would just pour in all of a sudden, almost like the, yeah, it's like a, a cellular service just like got really good um you know that kind of thing and you are getting a very particular sort of thing which is like actual voices actual yeah. insights into people seeing things like you know i know in your course you have a course simply sacred yeah. channeling and and your work in general you know you you told me before this that you you would definitely be able to you know <laughs> talk a lot about waking up everybody's inner psychic abilities yeah. when you say that's true because I know this from the hypnotherapist world, some people can can uh, like when you when you hypnotize people, um, you know I, I'm not a hypnotherapist. I, I'm at the hypnosis world, um, but but doing hypnotherapy with people in a in a somewhat of a manner, um, I know that some people are virtuosos. They can experience hallucinations. You can get them to forget their name. Some people can just get their hand stuck to a table, but they can't forget their name. I feel like it's a version of the same thing. Why does it come in different ways for different people? And at full like the router is working on the Wi-Fi signal and it's like, you know, it's 5G, but it's not the one that Bill Gates has put out there um, to kill us all. It, it, what does it look like when you are fully there? Like what is the full expansion look like? Uh, and could you get there? Okay. So this is amazing question. And I so appreciate you doing talking about this because I have done so much work around this exact topic because I deeply believe and truly with my whole being, and I've had nothing but accurate, you know, 
examples of this occur with all of my clients, that everyone has psychic abilities. So first and foremost, let me just give you kind of an analogy to kind of help you think about this. Yeah, please. Picture your magical abilities or everyone's magical abilities, listener, as a river that's running through you. We have this beautiful magical river inside of you. Mm. Now, some people come into this life and that river is completely unobstructed. It's beautiful and flowing and wonderful. Some people come into this life and it's partially kind of damned up. Some people come into this life and it's very damned up. However, even if you came into this life with your beautiful magical river flowing gorgeous, you spend almost all of your life throwing as much garbage into the river as humanly possible. Like have some beavers, you know, you, you yes. have like some limiting beliefs come in and you're like plastic bags and logs and you know, all these different things, these fears, everything that you're throwing into your magical river dams you up. So right. it's a process first before discovering what exact gifts you have and how you perceive those gifts, which are two different things that I'll touch on in a second. The steps are you want to start by pulling out some of that gunk that's in your magical river, clearing those blocks. And every sort of block is an energy. So if you have the knowledge that everything is energy, which everything is, um, you know, a limiting belief is an energy you can pull. You can actually, you know, work through and pull these traumas energetically to get this river flowing again. So that's the first part of it. And that's always the first part of the work that I do is let's pull that stuff out. Then you want to start to understand both your perception style and then also the gifts that you have. So those are two separate things. And that's kind of what you just talked through. You're like, hey, there's all these layers of some people it shows up like this and some people can do these things. And yeah. you know, some people can see and some people can hear and some people can see the future and some people can just sense auras. Like, how does this all work and connect? Yeah. That's a very valid question. So there's the sense, the psychic senses of perception are called the clear senses. So there's eight clear senses and it's essentially the ESP senses, right? Your extrasensory perception. So those are clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, claircognizance, clairtangency, clairempathy, clairgustance, and clairsalience. And basically it's clear sight, clear hearing, clear knowing, um, clear physical feeling, clear emotional feeling, right? Like that's just kind of how it breaks down and all the way the yeah. Taste the smell, whatever. Do you so, got them all? Do you have them all? Be honest with me. I don't have taste and smell at all. Um, I know you got all those Pokemon. Let's be right. You got this. Is it? This is psychic Pokemon. This is it. I see so it. Psychic Pokemon. <laughs> all right. This is amazing. Um, we'll get that course. Don't tell Nintendo. We'll create it. No wait. So so yes. Keep going. Keep so, going. Everyone, you may only have one really strong one. You may have four really strong ones. You may have them all. Um, like I said, I don't actually have them all. Um, I'm not smelly or tasty. That's not a thing for me. Right. Um, for the most part, the ones that I use the most um, is clairvoyance. So that's clear sight. It is not seeing the future as everyone has branded it. It's not that. It's just clear sight. Um, mm. audience, so I can clearly hear. And then I also have a lot of claircognizance and clairsentience. So claircognizance is just that clear instantaneous knowing that doesn't really come from anywhere. You just know it all of a sudden. Um, yeah. And then clairsentience is where you feel things in your physical body. So, you know, if someone's angry, I feel it in my chest, like a physical tightening in my chest. Wow. So that's kind of like the ones that I specifically have. But what we do is, you know, that what you want to do is you want to identify what ones you kind of lean towards, right? Like, do you, are you really, do you really like music? Have you gotten messages audibly before? Then maybe you really are on the clear audience side. You know, are you a really visual person, a visual learner? Have you had visions before? When you meditate or do a guided meditation, is it really clear for you? Then you probably have some clairvoyance going on in there that you can kind of start waking up. Wow. So then those senses of perception are outside of the gifts, so future sight 
for example, can happen with clairvoyance, or it can happen with clairaudience, or it can happen with clairtangency, or there's so many, you can use the perceptions with any gift. So if you have someone, you know, who, who sees, who says they're a medium, right? They talk to spirits, people's past loved ones, that sort of thing. Yeah. They may be able to see them and those spirits give them images and they're able to translate those images when they're seen, when they see them in their head or in their, with their physical eyes. They may be getting, you know, messages through their hands so they have to write down what is happening and that's clear tangency. They're touching it and they're still talking mm. to spirits. They're just doing it in a different way, which is how you get the whole wide range of like, this person channels totally different than that person and that person channels totally different than that person and they're all channeling different things is because yes, yes. we're all unique beings and we all combine our unique sense of perception, what we really align with, with the gifts that we're really aligned with doing. And you know which gifts you have because those are the ones you've always been interested in. <laughs> the ones you've always wanted to learn how to do, those are the ones you have because you're feeling the energetic pull towards them. So it's just a matter of clearing out your river, figuring out your perception style and then figuring out how to apply it to your gift. Wow. Who has all of them? Does somebody? Do you know anybody that all does? Of them? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've worked with clients who have all of them. I've worked with clients who have one that is so strong, it's mind-blowing, um, and everything in between. Wait a minute. What? What? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed to say, like, you don't have to say specifics about who the person is, but, like, what's a good example of what that person is capable of doing? Um, a woman that I um, worked with, she's very, uh, she, her big one was Claire Tangency. And she really wanted to help people help find missing people, find missing animals. Like that was like her, her zone. <laughs> she yeah. like, loved doing that. So she would just be like, bring me something of theirs and she could hold it. And because she was holding it, she would sense information from the object of where the person was or where the animal was. And she could actually do it. Yeah. Very accurately. Um, and I can't uh-huh. share names and stuff, break confidentiality in that part. But yeah, so there's people out there like that. Um, I also you know, had a person and she was just really connected um, to plants. And so she would hear what the plants were saying. And specifically what she was doing is creating her own unique tea blends and tinctures and that sort of thing based off of what plants told her was best for what healing. Wow, 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 wow. What do you do with people like me who are like so middle of the road skeptical of all this? <laughs> what is your view? What is your view on this world uh, that's skeptics? How do you deal with us? So for the first first and foremost, I always say like this is not no one has to believe in anything that I do. I know, but I want to so bad, Emily. I really do. But I or so, maybe I don't. Yeah. Well, Help me. <laughs> if you want to so bad and you feel it, and I, I know that I can tell by your energy field that you do feel that this is real, but your logical mind is like, no, it's not. Um, like you feel that pull towards it. You're like, right. Oh, really, like I feel this magic that's there, but I, I, cause I don't have any concrete experiences. My logical human brain is like, that sounds like danger and death. And we're not going to look at that. Um, uh-huh. which Interesting. is kind of how your brain works with it. Yeah. Is first, the first step is to address, well, why are you skeptical of it? And if it's because one, there's no proof, then you can ask for proof to come. Mm, if it's because you're afraid of it being real and what that means for what you currently believe about the world, then that's kind of a limiting belief and thought process that you can start to work through. 
Oh my gosh, this is this is pretty good. You're like you're very good at I I, I I'm impressed so far. Keep going. <laughs> I'm impressed on a number of levels as because I'm also like looking at this through the analysis, the very rational and just probably like sadly unmagic. Uh, but uh, the analysis of like, huh, let's let's see how good of a coach Emily is. I'm not really I'm not and I'm not like sitting here like yeah, let me just sort of test her out like how great she is with all my questions but like at the same time i'm like like appreciatively observing like huh you say things you reframe my questions and curiosities and even objections with like clear responses that actually like are simple to understand and make working with you like feel like very approachable like even if you weren't telling the truth about your abilities like I, I i still feel like people would like get something out of talking to you oh well thank you i appreciate that so deeply to hear uh that means a lot and one of the biggest things that i've always done with my work is like hey we this stuff doesn't have to be an enigma let's make it an everyday concept that's really easy for people to think about um, and really ego, easy for people to adjust to and understand and wrap their heads around as opposed to this, like, I'm someone in the back of a Bardo wagon with a crystal ball. Right. It's going to tell you you're going to die next month. Like, that is the image so much in our society that is reinforced over and over and over about what psychics actually do. And, and you know, what it would be like to be one seems scary because of that. Um, but if we can really make it in like a, hey, this is a really adjustable concept. This is a lot about just healing through your fears and traumas so you can see clearly the parts of the world you couldn't see before. Let's do that. But what do you, you – and, and yeah, I mean, look, I like even, you know, looking at the uh, the your course, I, I was looking at the webpage of it and scrolling through and I was like, uh-huh, this is nice because I've gone to – if you go to new, the numerology funnel, like there's a there's a numerology numerologist.com has a whole like you put in your name you put in the dates and then like it's got the flash stuff and the crystals and the whole like and here's the interesting thing about it where do you think like and and i and i and i say this also knowing that like co i was co-star uh, they're the, the apps out there, the pattern that astrological apps, it's like it, uh, you know, that we see articles all the time about like the mainstream, how astrology has become the new religion for millennials and that kind of thing. Where does the role of branding fit into the truth of magic? And do you think potentially it hurts the exploring these realms? This is a beautiful question. I do think in ways that it really hurts in a lot of ways. Um, my whole shtick in life and the way that I run my business specifically is it needs to feel, I need to feel resonant with what I'm putting out there as in I need to feel and sense that the energy is clear and potent and not gimmicky, not salesy, not anything like that. It's not gonna be grabby. It just needs to be an accurate representation of the energy of whatever it is that I'm putting out into the world. And that's always what I focus on, as opposed to a lot of the magic -y stuff out there where it's just like, let me throw a crystal and some yin-yangs and like all of this yes, stuff is all yes. over the place. And it, that feels so gimmicky. People can, whether they're conscious of it or not, they sense immediately that it feels fake. They feel like they're going to be tricked and that sort of thing, which is, is really, really harmful to the progress we're making in the metaphysical community. And so every time, and I do this even when I'm at the grocery store, Every time I see a brand, whether it's advertising readings, you know, astrological readings, or if it's yes. advertising milk, like I immediately sit there and like, what is the energy of this? 
are, what are they actually selling me energetically at this point? How can I, you know, touch on that sense of discernment? Does this feel right for me or does it feel not right? And it, most of the time with this concept of branding, and again, that goes back to that quick share culture that I mentioned, that quick share memeable culture. Yeah. Is, Let me make this as bite-sized as possible to hook people in and get them in and in. And that's not really effective for, hey, let's actually present something that's a holistic energy package where you sit there and even the sales page looks comfortable because it is comfortable. You're not trying to shove something down their throat. Like you should be magical. Everyone should be magical. It's more like, no, you are. If you want to go further with it, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very much like, you know, I, I always trying to look at things from the meta level of like, what is this person putting out into the world? What is the business sense behind what someone's doing? And in some ways I'm like, okay, if I look at your link tree and I look at the fact that you have a, you know, you have a podcast, you do paintings, you, um, you have a Facebook group. Like there are a lot of things that, you know, you go down this list of different Emily Davis links, right? And it would be like, huh. And I'm sure that the guy who has a podcast about uh, how to build six figure funnels also has a Facebook group, also has like a book, also has a thing. Right. And it's so in, in some ways I could be like, huh, she's playing the game. But at the same time, I'm also reading each of the things that I'm doing. I'm going, this feels it, it does feel different and I don't like, and again, oh gosh, this is like everybody knocking, Greg, that's the spirituality. That's it. Knock, 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 knock. It's coming out. It's coming out, dude, just go, just lean in. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm also like, or, you know, is Emily just a nice person and maybe she's really good at branding <laughs> and to so not make I, it seem off-putting? I mean, no, no, no. For the most part, I actually consider myself relatively shit at branding, to be totally honest, because all of the rules I don't do. <laughs> it's like everything that, you know, for the most part, everything, every course of like, this is how you market, this is how you brand and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, cool. That doesn't feel aligned with me and so I'm not going to do it. But it, but it, it, but it must at some level. Um, okay, well, give me a reframe around this. Yeah. How do you view financial success? So this is a wonderful question. Um, I've looked at the energy of everything, you know, right? Like of everything from my water bottle to my pens that I use to, right? I tune into the energy of all the things as much as possible because I'm trying to get a better understanding of the energetic image in which I have put myself in. Yeah. And when I was really starting to work through, okay, obviously I have trauma around money and finances and all this stuff because I'm a human and we all do. I wanted to look at what the energy of money was. Like, what does that look like in their, our energetic space in this lifetime? And the energy of money looks exactly the same as the energy of trust when you oh. tune into it. And if you think about money, that is every time you spend something or every time you earn money, all you're doing is exchanging trust. You're either trusting that what you're spending on, you know, money on is the thing that you need or want, or you, someone has trusted you to do the job that you're supposed to do and has given you money for it. Yeah. So either way, it's an exchange of trust. So for me, when I work with people around financial success, it's, hey, it's a level of learning to trust yourself again, learning to tr trust others, trust energy, trust the universe, whatever it is that you have these big wounds in. Once you're clearing up those, then you need to establish something that you have trust in 
that will bring the money in for you. So if you're doing something that you don't trust the process and it feels uncomfortable for you, it feels gross, whatever, you're not going to really get financial success with it most of the time because you are having trust issues with what's happening. Huh, that's interesting. So what about like if you're in a position where you are at a, say, I don't know, someone's at a day job, um, they they have like, you know, maybe maybe they really do believe in the 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 product or the services the doctor's office the you know whatever it is but also they have like a passion that they want on the side and it's like i really could be i am really good at making sure that this doctor this person this whomever i'm involved in my my auto insurance i believe i can really it is a good product and i believe in it and I have this other thing. How do you like negotiate the fact that like you're doing this job and you believe in what you're selling, but you also aren't giving full attention to this other in passion project per se? Well, for that, it just comes onto a level of your energy as well. Does it feel more aligned? Can, can you align your energy to the thing you're really passionate about while still sitting in the place that you trust to bring in the money that you need to align to that passion? Or is it time for you? And you know when it's time because all of a sudden it starts feeling wrong that you're in the job that you're in. It feels all like all of a sudden you've outgrown your shirt, but you're still trying to put it on and it doesn't make sense so that you can fully invest your efforts into the other thing that you've now built enough trust in to make the other thing feel less valuable. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, so it's why a is it? a matter of developing your own sense of spiritual discernment and trusting discernment about when is right for you. And half the time, if you're struggling with something, ask your guides to tell you what to do next. Even if you can't hear them right now or see them right now, they will send you signs. And the best tool that I give everyone, again, I've given this tool to my mom, like I give it to everybody, is select a validation that your spirit guides can send to you to get you to pay attention. So- Oh, please explain that. For me, it's rainbows. So I'm like, hey, this is how you do it too, guys. If you're all of you guys listening to set a validation, (laughs) you basically go, hey, if I'm on the right path, or if you need to get my attention, you need me to get to pay, you know, to pay attention to you and what you're trying to show me, send, please send me rainbows, right? Or please send me uh, the number seven, or please send me ladybugs, or please, you know, whatever symbol thing means something to you. I've had clients be like shooting stars, and I've had clients have uh, red cardinals, like a little red bird, and you know, whatever it is for you specifically say that thing um and watch the freaking magic happen because literally the next day it'll be overwhelming you'll be like oh my gosh or you know within the week you'll be like i have seen this now three times like do you think it is simple as talking to them in that way like you're you're so conversational it's so like it's the simple magic brand of uh, you know what you offer like why why are people taking all their time and like chakra i am perfect thank you i love you i'm sorry forgive me thank you i'm like like all this stuff that people were doing in these chanty kind of ways like do you think the chants are too much be honest with me let's let's reject all these other spiritual practices right now on the (laughs) air let's shoot them down just talk to these people they just want to talk you were doing it since you were a kid is that the way it is or what is this other kooky stuff people are doing so First of all, all of this is not <laughs> us trying to understand our own experience. I know, and I know. So I'm sorry to, understand. I don't want no, you to get I kicked out of the community. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate it. I've, I've been called horrible things in the community. Don't even worry about it. Oh, um, bad but, intro. We'll get to that, but keep going. Yeah. Um, but 
No, it's all of us trying to understand our own spiritualness. And some people feel more connected through the chanting and, and the whatever, and that's what makes them feel connected. That's fantastic. If that's what you really feel like makes change for you and connects you, absolutely amazing. Um, don't discredit other ways of doing things, though. That's always the big thing for me anyway. Is like, right. We I've need to be chanting. more collaborative as a people in general. Absolutely. I've done the chanting thing. It really wasn't for me, but I saw it do great things for others. That's amazing. Have, have in my experience, people overdone a lot of parts of the different types of spirituality of, the, of different just being what what a spiritual person is have they decided that a long time ago and tried to you know subscribe to that image they put in their head yeah that happens a lot um it makes us yeah. feel grander if we do more process if we do more ritual sometimes that really is something that we use as a block to our own spirituality because it's always a oh i need to do a huge ritual for this it can't just happen in day to day and that's probably because there's some limiting beliefs, there's some trauma, there's some things that are stuck there um, that are blocking you from thinking this can be something that's really incorporatable into your normal driving your car to the grocery store day-to-day -day life. Um, you can talk to your spirit guides just very casually. <laughs> I've done it for years and years and years. My kids do it with theirs. Um, it's, it doesn't have to be some grand thing. It could be if that's what makes you feel most connected. If that's what, if you need to, if you feel really connected to ritual, to diving really deep, into a certain trance or whatever through ritual power mm -hmm. to you if that's how you go um but it can truly be as simple as being like hey will you please send me sunflowers if i'm on the right path thanks appreciate you wow wow <laughs> did you wait a minute so you have been called bad things by the community when did this happen what go into that please well there is there's many schools of thought in the community about what's like supposed to be allowed or not allowed. And like, there's so many, we actually did an episode of the podcast recently called spiritual misconceptions where we talked yeah. through a ton of these different things of like these rules that people have kind of decided are the rules, you know, yeah, of, being yeah. a, of being a spiritual person or of being a tarot reader or being this, you know, of, where I've been like, yeah, you know, sometimes I take energetic exchange always for specific programs and things like that. Sometimes I meet someone in the grocery store or, you know, at the gas station. I'm like, you really need some spiritual healing right now. I'm going to just do this for free. And they're like, how dare you take it? You know, you're undermining everything we're doing by trying to saying you have to have an exchange of money all the time or an exchange of some capacity in order to do spiritual work. I'm like, well, I disagree. I've done this because I wanted to. I was told to by my guides. I felt guided to do it. So I did it because there shouldn't be that rule that shouldn't be their constriction it should be what you're personally being guided to do um so interesting I've been, you know, there's different there's a lot of things that happen in the spiritual community like that where people kind of call each other out on things that are, go against what they're believing and the big thing is is like we're all unique unique people and our spirituality is going to show up for ourselves in very different ways um which is why in even in my little course and then also in my larger program um, i run a program called the forgotten storytellers which I'll talk about in a second, but in that it's a huge focus on you as a unique being and how this works for you as a unique being and what feels good for you and why it feels good for you and what feels not so good for you and why it feels not good for you. Like let's work through it kind of that way. So yeah, I've been called that. And then of course I've also been called like the classic, like you're a devil worshiper, like that sort of thing too, but that's not right, necessarily right. in the community. That's just 
because people are uncomfortable with things that they don't. I, I just love the idea of you pissing off like other mediums. This is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, I definitely want to like go down. <laughs> at least that's where that's where my brain is going right now. Um, yeah. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't give, <laughs> you can't give away freebies in this community. I, I wondered that for years. I've always thought it was strange that like at least. OK, so this is where my skepticism lies. And I feel like there's such a clever workaround with this in spirituality um which is like okay so you claim that you can clear my chakras great why haven't there been you know like why couldn't you why wouldn't you do a day of helping people that are in mentally challenged position or not mentally challenged like like uh circumstantially challenged situations where they're poor they're struggling they're not doing well and you know what like yeah if you're in a uh underprivileged community like your mental health's not going to be great why aren't psychics walking in and saying i'm going to sort at least some stuff out because it's my gift i can do this like i've never understood to me as the cynic i look back and i say yeah that's why this is all bs because they're charging people money to get them involved but then the workaround with that is often sort of what you know the criticism to you is which is yeah well well the idea is that you know you you're giving you're trusting in the person and that commitment to to actually like investing in yourself in this way is the only way that they will come through me and give this to you. I couldn't just give it away for free because otherwise the value of the, like some sort of, it's all, it all feels like BS and I do not understand why people couldn't just do what you're doing, which is help someone out if they have the skill set. Yeah. For me, so there is elements of that where, you know, this is my livelihood too. So I do understand that. Yeah, of course, of course. But you can hold both containers. And that is the big thing that I've always felt also is like, I've done free readings for a ton of people before because I, you know, was got an intuitive pain to do so, or my friend was really struggling through this thing or, you know, whatever it was that came up that felt like at the time I've run free challenges. I've done free readings on my page. I used to do them every Wednesday night. Just come on, ask a question. I got you. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Because I agree. Hey, like I can do this right now. If you want to learn how to do that more, I can help you with that. That's where we're going to have to ask for like investment and time and all that stuff. But like, if I do a quick reading for you, I don't mind. I can help you. Do you believe there's anyone whose skills are so sacred that they, you have to pay them for anything to happen? I do think that there is a level of, if you want to get true, deep, like real transformation for yourself, for your life, if you want to like really have some sessions and clear a bunch of stuff out and really you know, do specific things. You, there does have to be a level of you need to truly invest time and money because again, money is the energy of trust into that. I truly do believe that to a degree. Um, yeah. Like it's not necessarily these skills are so sacred. You have to invest in them. It's, Hey, you're letting the universe know you are in fact invested in this. Mm. And it's not something that you can back out of because you get scared because you've invested things into it. And that's a big thing is like, if you really want to go deep and do these changes and really go like, go to that place, you have to not have the escape route of, well, it's okay. It was free. Yeah. Go in and be like, no, I truly, even though I might feel uncomfortable with my own transformation or even though, you know, I have these fears about what if I conjure up someone bad or, you know, all these different things, I'm truly investing my, I'm telling the universe with this investment that this is important to me and it means something to me. 
And it's more on that level that I think that, yeah, it is necessary for bigger things should have a bigger investment. Yeah. You are choosing to invest and showing the universe with that investment that you are. Would you ever take on a billionaire? Sure. I've worked with millionaires. Would you, because here, and here's why I ask. I sometimes, here's what I'm starting to look at in this connection, like excessive wealth and wanting this kind of work, um, or at least just like throwing money at someone just for like the novelty. I mean, I'm sure you can tell the difference between somebody that actually wants it. Oh, absolutely. And there has been people who were down to pay whatever I asked and I told them no. Yeah. What, what are some of your, like, what, what were some of your metrics in terms of making you be like, whoa, this person is not the right person for me? Usually I, well, most of the time when I'm, I'm figuring out that sort of thing, we're on a call in some capacity or I'm doing a reading for them already. Right. You know, they've decided to book a reading with me, Yeah. which if you're doing a reading with me, whether 30 minutes or an hour, it's transformative. It, it's, it's so deeply transformative and massively shifts things in people's lives in a very deep way. And I do charge for those, um, you know, very much so because it's, we go real deep with your spirit guides and higher self and past lives, like right off the bat, like it's, right. you know, it goes. Um, but usually if we're thinking about working further, if they're thinking about joining the forgotten storytellers, um, which is my, you're learning to channel and then also writing down the story that's in your heart and soul, right? Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. The book that you've always wanted to write, whether it's sci-fi or a memoir or fantasy or historical fiction, whatever it is that you've had this idea for forever, but you've never really conjured into reality. We're going to learn how to channel your characters in from different realms and that sort of thing. So it's both opening up your channeling and writing a book. So by the end of it, you have a book written and we do a seven day writing retreat in Lake Tahoe where I live. And it's really fun. Um, yeah. but so if they're thinking of taking like this next level step with me, sometimes they'll say that and I will literally hear their guides be like, they are not ready. And I'll be like, cool. I don't think you're ready. <laughs> your guides aren't, your guides are saying, right, right. Um, you know, or the, the way they're talking about it. So nonchalantly, or if I can tell right now, they're not invested already. You know, like if we're talking about something that is like this beautiful life changing thing where you're going to create a book, books change reality from the second you write them down, everyone who ever read that book, their reality will be changed. And that shouldn't be taken so lightly that you're just like, oh yeah, I'll write a book, whatever. Like there's a very big difference to the level of investment you're really going to have in making this a channeled activated piece of work that will help everyone who reads it based on the energies you put into it versus I'm going to try to write that. That sounds fun. Yeah, I was going to say with your, you know, hey, look, uh, if there was ever like a, here's to you for like seamlessly weaving everything you do into this conversation in the most organic way possible. I'm like, oh, whoa, I don't know if this, how often has Emily done podcasts? Because I don't even like, I don't know, I I was going to like try to promote your stuff, but like it just kind of organically came up. Also, like, is that part of the spirituality too? Probably, but weird yeah, um it, it is <laughs> it's just, yeah, um like, yeah 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 no it's cool and, and i was gonna say like your book i mean did the book damsel no more which is i think it's a very again another weird niche mix up right we got like dungeon and dragons and like getting over a, an abusive partner like that is not uh, something typical um it's definitely in the medical physical in the metaphysical comedy like genre i would think yeah. um totally. you know wh- what is is that the book that came from was that the untold story in your soul you needed to channel into this book not necessarily do you have um, another book 
I have I have many books. Um, so I have so the, my best selling book, which is one you just mentioned, is Damsel No More. Yes, um, yes. Okay. And that is a role play gaming strategy to healing anxiety and relation after relationship abuse. And basically, wow. what I did is I took um, an RPG, you know, game, whether that's like Dungeons and Dragons or you know any video game RPG where you have quests and you learn skills, and there's also cutscenes and storyline. So yeah. I took a book and I was like, hey, I want to teach this process that I used because I'm a mega nerd to overcome some of this abuse after a yeah. relationship, um, which was to narrate it as a story in my head because I'm an author, I'm a writer. That's all I really have always done is, is create these stories in my head to get over things. So I wrote a storyline in the book and each chapter you level your character up because you create yourself as a character. And at the end of the book, you're taking on your ultimate fear, fear monster. So it's, it is a game. You get to play through the game when you learn new skills, oh. your character up levels and gets new gear. It's really fun. So my yeah. publisher calls it an allegorical nonfiction. Basically, it means fiction and nonfiction at the same time. Wow. Uh, and it was more of a catharsis book that I knew. My guides told me I needed to write to help the people out there that needed it. Yeah. Um, so it was more of that sort of book for this particular one. My heart lives and the stories in my soul live in fiction. Mm, um, yes. Passionately yes. in fiction. Um, I have a Wattpad story that's called The Color of Fear um, that's out right now and that I just chose to release that way. I have a couple other novels that are with agents, like that are being queried and with agents kind of in that capacity. I was a ghostwriter for years. Um, so I wrote other people's books, basically. Yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> Um, right right i've been published in anthologies and all sorts of things um, basically i've been in, in most aspects of being published in the, in the industry in some capacity so it's just there's a lot of different ones the story in my soul always are fiction stories and the cool thing with those and that's really with most of the forgotten storytellers are people who have this like really fun fiction idea um and which is kind of what makes it really fun and different it's like hey yeah you have this beautiful fiction idea let's take it to the next level by let's line out your characters and let's teach you how to channel them in from the past, from a different planet, from a different realm. Like let's get that information, you know, from yourself, from your soul, like your higher self, you know, these, these elements of you, whatever it is that feels right for your book. Let's yeah. channel those in and call those in, which is my process for all of my books. And then after we've written the story and the setting and all that, it's called in from something higher, which makes it a whole different platform and level of story in and of itself. Let's activate the book with the specific energy that you want every reader to read the oh. book throughout it. Oh my gosh, all this stuff is so, I mean, like I, the whole idea that everything is hypnosis and nothing is hypnosis is exactly what I'm taking from this interview. Just like, you know, hypnosis being the a little more like, it's interesting. There are different realms of spirituality. Hypnosis is a little more, it's kind of got that clinical sort of like scientific acceptance now a little bit more, but I also think it delves into this deep level change that uh, might or might not, depending on how skeptical I am on a certain day, be related to like interdimensional like role play, channeling, all that stuff. So it's, it's so fascinating because like even looking at your website, I'm like, huh, book a soul reading, book a hypnosis session, spirit guide paintings. Well, I have this idea for hypnosis and art that I'm working on. Uh, podcast. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Blah, 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 blog. Okay, I love writing about all this. I'm like, huh, this is interesting. It feels like it's in the same direction. More proof for Greg to keep going all the way in? Maybe. Um, it is more proof, Greg. It is more proof. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is all just become a narcissist. It always becomes me just being narcissistic. But look. <laughs> Here's the <laughs> well, well, look. The, cool, the cool thing I do is I always try to install some level of 
proof into everything I do as far as like if I pull a limiting belief for someone energetically which is a lot of what I do in my soul readings is hey I tune into your spirit guides your higher self not only do I let you know what who they are what they're showing me but hey I see that you have this block it comes from a past life it's inhibited you in this life it's you know the belief that you're not good enough or the belief that it's it's you're not allowed to have success or that you need permission to do certain things or whatever that belief is so then i energetically pull it because again energetically pulling but what we do is we'll muscle test for that belief before we pull it yeah that's the david hawkins stuff that's a david hawkins so then after we pull it we'll muscle test again and it'll be gone Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you're bringing a lot of, yeah, that's, this is very cool because talking to you has been an amalgamation of like several different people I've had on talking, like some people do that uh, muscle testing work. Some people do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm loving this. Um, yeah. Until you can create a sense of spiritual discernment for yourself. So you know that it goes, you know, like, you know, that you release the beliefs, you don't have to muscle test for it, but always starting off. And I, I've used tons of different methods of muscle testing and pendulums and all of that. Um, yeah. But always, like it's always starting out in that way if you're really a skeptic and you really want to try this like let's start there and make it so that you see with your human brain like there's proof not just your spiritual brain yeah i I, i'm very look as much as i'm like okay actually now i'm shameless whatever i i have you on the show i you know what give me help um no okay so here's what i'm curious about i can tell you from my perspective when you were talking about greg you've got the rational mind versus like the you know the mind that's obviously doing a show about this has been curious about it your whole life like sort of leaning in that direction i can tell you that there is what I, mm, I had this before, uh, someone once said to me like, well, Greg, you don't believe in God because you haven't fully given yourself into the faith yet, that kind of thing. Um, here's what I'm wondering. I think what I fear is on the other side of it, being someone that like is really, I, I think I'm afraid of tricking myself into nonsense. Like, like that's the most conscious way I can communicate this. Like, I, as I'm sitting here right now, and again, it's a fear, it's a belief. We don't know what it's going to look like when I'm, I'm realizing this right now as I'm talking to you, which again, thank you, Emily. Um, but yeah, yes, but uh, I'm realizing right now as I'm talking to you that like this belief is entirely based in something that isn't fully manifested yet so that's great but on the other hand like what what is the actual belief the idea that i'm gonna start actually like being i'm afraid of when i see people going around saying that they believe in a certain higher power i mean we've seen the extent of in this country uh, in this moment but also around the world of dangerous belief and higher things that isn't examined and i think i'm very scared of on what's on the other side of surrender mm. so first and foremost there's layers to this that's tuning into the energy of everything you just said was which was a great way of saying exactly the way, the way the energy kind of looks and feels for you is that that fear it's a fear of losing control is mm. very, very root of it because yeah. you would go so far down the rabbit hole and you knew these other people has having gone so far down that space that they no longer have control of their humanness or they're no longer related relatable as a human and so you have a lot of trauma specifically past life trauma but it's all, obviously ever since that past life it's related all the way through to now around that element of losing control or un, un, unable to um have discernment once you go too far down right you're always going to be duped you're always trickable that sort of energy yes yes so that's where the energy kind of is 
um, in that specific thing. And it actually impacts other areas of your life too, but you don't notice it as much. Um, wow. Because it seems silly in this area because it seems like a silly sort of thing when you're thinking about it in like a magic sense. But the that feeling of nothing is necessary, like I'm unable to control if I if I fall down this hole, I'll never be able to come back out. First yes. of all, limiting belief there is that it is a hole. And right. Second, fair. <laughs> fair. Yes. Secondly, it's that you aren't strong enough to create your life the way that you'd like it to be. Ah. So two different elements that are kind of in play with that as well. So then on the energetic level, we can just pull and flip those for you to the, the basically the opposite of those or a different belief that feels really good for you um, and start releasing some of that energy that's built up with those specifically. Wow, wow, wow. And this is the kind of work that you teach people to do on yourself in your course, uh, damselnomore.com. You can learn a lot about Emily. You can pick up your book, listen to the podcast. I mean, the podcast is great. Uh, a great concept for perceptionist anonymous. Like I'm loving it. I'm loving the artwork. I'm loving the topics. The guests seem like, yeah, it's totally like in the wheelhouse of something I'd listen to. Um, get a spirit guide portrait. I mean, look, I, the other, like, you know, before I wrap the other practical question, practical question I have, like on a very, uh, as my life coach I work with likes to say in a two-dimensional level. Um, do you have any advice for someone that like wants to be able to do all the things that you've done and has invested time in it, but just be because they kind of operate in more of this hmm, Aquarian, airy sort of like field can't actually like commit to finishing a project? Like how did someone spiritual do that? Can you briefly touch on that? I don't yeah. want to hold you longer, but like, I think it is a struggle. So that is a really, really good point. And I, as a Gemini, <laughs> I'm an air sign. Um, so I totally wow. relate. Yeah, no, I am. And um, I totally understand and, and relate to that a lot. Um, the biggest thing is most often when it's like the level, what I found a lot of the time is um, people really are like, well, I don't know enough to do that. And that's what's stopping them in a yeah. lot of ways. So they're like, okay, I'll just get another coach or I'll just get another thing to like do these little, like to, to help me through these blocks. But the doing part of it needs to excite you. Like the actual doing of like, it was it super exciting for me to create a website. No, I was not right. very excited about that at all, but it was exciting for me to have some place where I could send people. That was kind of cool. And so for me, I was like, mm. okay, if I'm tuning in and relying on the excitement of things and doing the things that are exciting to me by making these things that I want to do exciting and thinking about it in that sort of space of, Ooh, how can this be exciting? Like I have to do this thing for this, you know, this part of my business, like what, how can I do it exciting? And does it have to be the way that everyone keeps saying that it has to be? And if I'm like, right. oh, I would so much rather like in the forgotten storytellers, <laughs> this is just a random example, but in the forgotten storytellers, I was like, my guides told me that everyone who goes through the program needs to get a customized storyteller cloak during our first channeling oh, session. Yes. Yeah. During our first channeling session of the program, which is a two hour one-on-one -on -one channeling with me, your guides give you a cloak. And my guides are like, they need that. They need it actually in reality. You need to give it to them at the writing retreat. And I'm like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Do you think I'm capable of? But I was like, okay, so I'm looking at seamstresses, I'm looking at Etsy people and all these different things and I couldn't find one. And then I was like, all right, well, there's gotta be a different way to do it. Well, now you can have embroidery machines where you literally like upload the design and then it does it for you. And I was like, cool. That is something I got to learn because I was like, I know there's a different way. So if I'm feeling really resistant to something, 
I'm always going to be able to be like, okay, guides, show me a different way or let me think about a different way of doing this. For me, I hate getting up early, but I thought in order to be successful, I needed to get up really, really early and I need to get this done and that done and get, shut off my energy as a spiritual person. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, well, I'm not going to get up early. I'll work later at night, but I don't want to get up early. And that's where my energy flourishes. And I've learned that about myself. And as a spiritual person, that's really important to me. I need to start the day writing a chapter of my book. Cool. I know yeah. that myself. So I'm not going to feel guilty because I know I'm not going to get anything else done unless I do this thing. Do you differentiate between this, what a spiritual guide is telling you and insight? So it's a little bit of both. Um, a lot of times I say that your insight um, comes from your higher self, right? It, it's your own sense of that you've developed through your lifetimes and, and through working with your higher self, which is intimately connected with you your insight and that's wonderful having that insight is amazing through spirit guides um it's important to not necessarily always get attached to what guide is telling me this and how why are they telling you right, that sort of thing. right it's more of hey if you're feeling this pull and i do um in my little micro course the simply sacred course i actually do three different psychic activations and one is about your resonance point which is a point in your body where you actually get to feel resonance to things so if you know something resonates you feel it activate in your body and it's really cool um Mm. and the, that is a micro course by the way it's like less than a hundred dollars so anyone who wants to learn how to channel like yeah I, it simple. sounds very interesting super, to me. super small little course with huge impact um uh and really fun to do but yeah so it's about about deciding and whether or not you're getting a message from your guide or your higher self you know this thing resonates with you because it excites you you feel that pull Wow, it's, wow. It's important not to get so attached to exactly where it's coming from that you're stopping yourself from following the pull. Do you think there's like a practical first step I could take right now to know the difference between it when it's a guide talking to me versus when it's like just creative Greg, just like having an idea? So I would say creative Greg is your guides talking through you. Okay, great. Call me out. Great. Okay, so you know what I mean. I don't think they're necessarily different. I think that no, you're I know, I know, in and that's you and channeling them. And you're not even noticing it, but have you ever had the, I know you've had the experience, but I'm going to ask you a question anyway. When you've read back over something you've written or something you created and you're like, whoa, that was really good. Did I actually write that? Oh yeah, that's true. Hey, sometimes these podcasts turn out that way. Sometimes. Exactly. And you don't uh, actually remember and you listen back and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? That was insightful. That's usually because you've channeled it and you're speaking it out loud or writing it. Huh, huh, huh. Wow. I'm almost like frustrated that your answers are so simple. <laughs> Sorry, you're supposed to spin around three times and do seven jumps. Like, go, I'm like, go, go. <laughs> I'm like, please give me a little more complexity. Like at the beginning, I was like, oh, you really helped. And now I'm like, oh gosh, I just say anything. And she just like rats off like a three sentence answer that's concise and like makes sense. What the hell? Um, <laughs> but you know what? I think that's needed in this community. Um, I, I'm definitely, hey, Forgotten Storyteller sounds great. I mean, damselnomore.com. We're going to link about you in the, we're going to link to you in the notes because I think everybody should definitely check out your work uh, and what you're doing and also listen to Perceptionist Anonymous. Um, and yes, how many more plugs can I rattle off? I don't even know. I, I just feel like it's all also like uh, your Facebook group sounds like it's pretty happening. Yeah, I have a Facebook group. Um, it's called Master Your Magic Psychic Training and Development. And in there I give a lot of free trainings or challenges or even just daily tips and things like that um, about how to access your own psychic abilities and start opening those up. And it's a pretty cool community. So you can find me there. Um, and then I'm on Instagram too. 
So at Liker of Words is my handle. And yeah, it's pretty fun. All of the different things. And in, in regards to branding and, and yeah. in earlier, I've mostly done all of these things based on what is most exciting for me to do at the time. And there's things that I've done that I've retired because it was no longer exciting. I outgrew it spiritually. So if you're kind of struggling with that, of like, oh, there's so many things in the air. It's like, well, yeah, there is. But that's what feels excited and resonant at the moment. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Well, Emily Davis, thank you. So, I mean, I don't do you, <laughs> uh, Emily Davis, Emily Dexter, uh, Damsel No More. Yeah. She's I'm got so married in two weeks, so that's why my, my last name is. There's many of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, wow. Well, congratulations. Uh, oh, have a wonderful marriage. I, I definitely, uh, you know, next time I have you on, I kind of want to know about more about these imaginary friends, actually. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I'm curious. I can about, tell you about yours too. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Give me a preview of one right now before you go. Yes, please. One that is very, very, very much Celtic. Like it feels specifically Celtic Druidish, as in like there is connection to very much like the healing practices and stuff. Um, yeah. With this specific guide, and this guide in particular, when you're feeling those. Um, really connected to you and feeling protected so there's an element there of you protecting yourself or it feels like even when doing these podcast interviews I can kind of see the energy there there's been times where you've been like oh my like I don't even know if I like this person is safe to talk to right now and you're like totally he's there to help you with those specifically so when you've had those experiences and any of those experiences where you feel the need to shield and like protect your energy he's connected to your energy in the way that it flows in that way oh my gosh Wow. Wow. This is, well, thank you for sharing that. Hey, role play gaming. I mean, we're talking role play gaming. We're talking Pokemon. This is like, I'm telling you, video game console, spirituality. Don't take my idea, Emily. You've got too many good ones already, please. Um, It's yours. It's yours. I will consult. (laughs) Yes. You're like, that's not a good idea. And that's why I would never do it, but good try. Um, I'm all of my gaming heart is all down. <laughs> um, I am so not a gamer either. That's the other thing. It's just you were like, unlock the different Claire achievements. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, that sounds awesome. Um, but hey, look, this has been great. I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, tell me this. Do I have like, is there like a, a is there a female guide I should worry about? Or you love? Worry about her, but you do have a female guide. What, what is she Celtic? Where is she from? She is not Celtic. She's um, a little bit different. She's more of an elemental level, um, the way that you would think of. Um, she's very connected to fire. So, oh, she's very more elemental, kind of on that level. She takes no shit, which is why I think you said, like, sorry if I'm not supposed to cast by the way, but um, that's fine. Like, okay. Um, she's definitely very much like a she, she, she takes no shit from, from anyone about anything so the really you're like be worried it's so funny because she's like the big like anytime you're getting triggered into um you know you're feeling like your boundaries are crossed or you know your values are in question or something like that like she's like right there with you to help you discern and figure that stuff out um and also is big with your sense of hold on that's not for me i'm gonna move over to this direction now and like that for you specifically she's got that and she's there to cut through a lot of that stuff for you oh my gosh i love her but she's awesome Wow, wow. Now, like, all these guys, it's always platonic. Not always. Like, have you ever fallen romantically in love with one of your spirit guides? No, vice versa. the ones that I were in love with in past lives and things like that. Oh, huh, 
Huh. Oh my gosh. Well, it's just get... like we knew the connection. So you decide on the experience you're going to have in this lifetime before you come into this lifetime. From everything I've channeled, that's what I've like, gleaned um, and, and talked to different guys and things like that. And so, you know, you know what you're, you, you've planned this out ahead of time with your spirit guides of what information you're going to get to know about them and when and that sort of thing. Um, and so, yeah, some of them have been like, oh, you were from that past life. Oh, I remember that connection like now. And it doesn't feel the same now because I'm in a different lifetime with a different path that's what I'm on. Yeah. Um, but there is still a connection. Wait, so you do you have, <laughs> wait a minute, this is really, really interesting. Do you ever have like profound memories of like romantic evenings with like a guide from a past life? Like, does that ever go through you? Not specifically. Um, not specifically like that. Could it? Probably. It probably could. I also, though, I'm not super keen on tuning in and channeling that sort of thing because I still, yeah. people say that a lot. They're like, oh my gosh, do you constantly look at the future for yourself? I'm like, actually, I never look at my own future because I really want to live in the present. I'm yeah. very big on that. Like, even when I'm looking at past lives, which I love and are my jam, I love them. I want to get the information and the traumas and the things they went through in that life so that I can heal them in the present so that I can move forward. It's always about forward. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm really going to have to process this for a while, but you know what? That That's great. You've, uh, okay, this is good. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on the ride. Okay, well, thank you for coming to Open Loops, the theme park, the lifestyle, the, the craziness. You've, uh, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm very much enjoyed this conversation. Um, yeah, Emily, absolutely. We will definitely uh, tell people to go to your work, uh, check it out. I love this female that's guiding me through things. Yeah, <laughs> you can feel her. And if you, like, she, she sends you stuff, like, she's very connected to you, and you feel her more often than any, any of your other guides. Um, she's super connected with you. And specifically, like, you feel, like, if you light a candle, you'll feel her presence more there. She's super connected with fire. Whoa. Okay. This is awesome. The, okay. Well, you also just made me feel kind of cool. So that's great. Um, yeah. Awesome. She's, she's standing behind your left shoulder, by the way. Like, oh my gosh. Shoulder. This is freaking me out. Okay. Well, look, this is, this is great. Sorry. I, I keep going. This is, uh, wait a minute. How many people are surrounding me right now? Um, you don't have a much, as much surrounding you in your physical space. Like you have guides that are kind of further out for you. You have her there that's there. And then you also have a very big bird that is very near you as well. Bird, um, you said? Bird, wings bird, bird, yeah. Very large bird. Helps you get, uh, um, it's part of the reason that you feel so um, like logical and you want to get all sides of every story. Um, your guide, this guide specifically helps you get kind of like the outer perspective of that. So it's almost like it, like an animal guide, but like it's a big, very large bird that's near you as well. Um, and then you have a couple of different ancestors that are coming up as well that we could go deeper into. Oh my, space. <laughs> what the, okay. Okay. This is great. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what just happened, but you know what? This is, that was, that was awesome. I had a great time. Uh, Emily Davis coming soon, Emily Dexter. Um, and who knows where she'll be in the future, but she is the author of damsel no more um and hey look i i very much appreciate you coming on the show thank you for being here thank you for having me i really appreciate it absolutely absolutely love me some emily davis that was fantastic 
she opened my brain in a simple way. Isn't it interesting that sometimes the simplest explanations are the most mind-expanding? If you can take all the complexity of metaphysics and bring it back down to something that's easily absorbed in small chunks, maybe there's something there that we can actually benefit from. Until then, I'm Greg Bornstein. This is Open Loops. Thanks for listening.